Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm Dean Blandino. And as a newly minted Detroit Lions fan, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, the guys people are talking about when they discuss monkeys and footballs. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 284. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, The Riz. How you doing, brother? It is good to be with you, Chris, on a beautiful sunny Friday. We got got football to talk about. We got a lot of things to talk about today. You know, that's the thing I'm most thankful about of everything going on right now is that there's just football to watch it's such as i mean just a month ago people weren't sure right and God, here we it are makes life so much better i i went to a football night. game yesterday i watched my son he had his jv football debut yesterday um and that was it was how'd great they do how'd, how'd he um, do first off that's the most um, important part um, he's a team. basketball player playing football so um it, he doesn't play much right, right, right. uh but his team is good they played a a, a, a nice uh school that he actually played against one of his aau basketball teammates against um, and he was really good at football. So it was a fun, fun time. That's awesome. Uh, Zealand East, we won. We oh. beat Calvin, Cal, Calvin Christian. Easy Thank for me know. to say. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was great. It was great sitting in the stands, being around other parents and adults. And uh, people were masked up for yeah. like 90% of the time. Most of the time, it was great to see. Good. And the kids, the kids loved it. It was like, it was, it was normal. Good we stuff. missed normal. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I noticed the hair's on point today. You're looking good, my man. You're looking oh, good. Oh, thank you. You are not looking COVIDized. All right. We got a big show today. We got the Lion, Lions Packers preview, and the Riz is here. Uh, Tony was going to join us. Tony Ortiz, uh, last minute a problem. He couldn't join us. We're just hoping everything's okay. Love you, Tony. We'll talk to you next week. Um, yes. Also, though, we do have a call going out to Dean Blandino. We're going to talk about this whole Cleet Blakeman thing as the ref for Sunday, right? As if there's not enough problems in Lions land, this whole idea of Cleet showing up again is, is just... Just not, not, what, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, are we piling on? Is that what we're doing here? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a genuine what the hell yep. is what it is. Yep. <laughs> we got that. Predictions, a whole lot more coming up. Got a great show. Riz, you ready to go, my man? Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, first couple of. Really quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on the Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from... He's from Guam. Yes. Of course, our very first donor, Mathis. Brian B. from Rapid Vale. I want to say hi to Jerry S., one of our wonderful, wonderful 
uh, Patreon people. It was suggested in the Reddit, which is a great, great suggestion. Just randomly pick our Patreon people and just give them a, a shout out every show. So I'm going to start doing that. That was a great idea. Thank you so That's much. Good idea. I, I like didn't it. get his message back. I was going to make him or maybe her the first person, but I, uh, I, I, I didn't get it in time. So don't worry. We're, we're, we're after you. Um, yeah. And uh, I prevailed. Brian Burkheiser. I was just talking to him a little bit. Um, as always, you know, Brian's the man. We'll, we'll talk more. I prevailband.com. Good stuff there. Join everybody in the Slack. The most, if right now, I, I'm I'm just telling you, you look around in, in chat land, you don't want to be anywhere. But the Detroit Lions podcast chat, it isn't it isn't Slappies. It isn't all we love the Lions and everything's, you know, co- you know it's, peaches and cream. You know, what, you know what the best part of it is for me <laughs> is that we can have disagreements in there and it doesn't get personal. I love that. That that's yeah. not happening at Reddit or Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, God, please please avoid Facebook at all costs. <laughs> yeah. that Reddit is is has been a cesspool. Lately. Reddit, Reddit the, the, the sub has been a an uncomfortable place to be lately. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah, people are really off the edge, man. Look, it's just it is what it is, right? We'll we'll talk about it, and you can disagree, but you can disagree with each other in a way that is respectful that's that's the key folks be be a decent person uh, all right so yeah check the slack it's the very very best place to hang out talk lions have a good conversation a good disagreement a healthy disagreement and walk away saying hey i see his point of view he's wrong i'm still right or you can change the other's mind it's just a whole different side, side of the world it's a great place how do you do that go to patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast all right. And uh, you donate as little as a dollar a month. It helps us do all the stuff we do, pay for the show, the, the all the stuff we do with the show. And it really I mean, you get something out of it. That's the thing we do with everything we're trying to do here with whenever we do like an ad or something. We make sure it's something we believe in. We use and you get something valuable out of it. Right. We're not sitting here with an open hat just saying throw money at us. We want to make sure you get some some good stuff out of it. So Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, it's the most therapeutic place on the Internet right now for the Lions fan. Uh, <laughs> give us a call or give us a call, a like on Facebook. Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, Instagram, Detroit Lions podcast, and on Twitter at DET Lions podcast. Also, Jeff Risden and Jeff Risden, DET Lions podcast, the best place to see Jeff Risden with no pants. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't need pants. He doesn't need pants. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, last little bit here, rate us on oh, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google, T- Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you do it. Those five-star reviews are important. Thank you for everyone who gives us to give those to us. We appreciate that. It's okay to disagree. You don't have to give a one-star review because you disagree with somebody, what somebody says. You can just be nice and we can disagree <laughs> and we can talk it out. Really? Yeah. You can do that? Yeah. No, I, wow. I mean, I can. I've I, I found some people who can't. But check us out. Five-star reviews. We love those. Happy to talk to you in the subreddit. And the snarkier you get, the snarkier I'll get. And I don't think you're going to like it. <laughs> his notes i could be I, yes pick. yes i do <laughs> from our own personal disagreements when you're snarky it's not fun <laughs> i'm sorry for all of that uh but i i did stand up for chris spooner that's just my my part I've, i'm not a total jerk right here's call via skype detroit lions podcast all one word detroit lions podcast your calls in the lines line 929 lions 9933546677 leave us a message you give a chance to hear yourself on the show let's get this thing going <laughs> Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review this week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And boy, is there a lot to talk about in our preview. Um, first things first, we're going to do a preview of Lions Packers. I, I Like last week, I want to just do a little, a little look back across history, right? Like we did with the Bears. Look back and talk about the, the glory and... Um, 
I, I, I don't even, I can't even do it, man. The past is not as good as the present as any is anywhere, right? This is the line. I feel like you were about, about to sing Peter Cetera's <laughs> "The Power and the Glory of Love" from Karate Kid too. I needed to. That's what I needed to roll into at that point, my friend. All right, series history. They first met just like the uh, the Bears. It was 1930. The Lions were known as the Portsmouth Lions at the time. They've been division rivals since 33, and since 1934 when they came to Detroit. Um, Longest running NFL annual series. They met uh, almost after the Chicago Bears. We learned the Chicago Bears was with the Lions last week because the strike in eighty two. Because of the strike, yeah. I, had no, I did not know that. I learned something last week, so yep. thank you for that. Of course, of course. Um, these guys have met every year since nineteen thirty two. It was nineteen thirty for the Bears, so it's only two years shorter. So if we if we lose our streak with the Bears, we're still going to have the longest meeting streak. It's just with the Packers this time. So um, it gives you a lot of time to to build hate over the the period of time and when you're the lions with an overall record of 72 and 102 and 7 after 181 meetings you can turn that hate up you can turn it way up right <laughs> all right so we've met this twice this guy needs a and i'm oh. gonna find him oh, hey, and just give you, him brother. a big Thank you. We're going to hear from Dean later, too. Thank you for the, the the Patreon pledge, brother. Really, really, really appreciate that. We'll get you on the Slack after the show, I promise. Yes, I guess the automated slip, uh, script is giving me some some headaches right now, so I have to do it by, by hand. So we'll get you on after the show. Uh, all right. We met twice in the playoffs, the Packers and the Lions, which is pretty interesting, I think. Um, the Packers have a 2-0 record over the Lions. Both times, I remember one of them vividly. <laughs> here's, here's the part that's going to be crazy. Both times we met in the playoffs... We're in 1994. Isn't that an interesting fact? January 8th and December 31st. That's right. That's right. (laughs) I I remember the second one better than the first one. Yes. Um, Yes. 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 New Year's Eve. So I was was working at a hotel in Cleveland at the time, and uh, New Year's Eve was a very big time for hotels, so everybody was checking in. We We had the OBJ steam clean section there. Yes. Yes. I had to get one in. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, no, Beckham talk on this podcast. Uh, Just a little. (laughs) So so we had, we had our lobby way face. There was, there's a bar on the other side and they had it up on the TVs and I was pulling for the lines. And actually one of my, my coworkers was also rooting for the lines at the time. And we were watching it and we were just crestfallen. Um, And all the people that are walking, I mean, it's in Cleveland, it's almost downtown Cleveland. So everybody's like Browns fans and, why are you guys upset? Because the Lions are losing. <laughs> Get out the park. year. Quit paddling the Cuyahoga and pull the Lions. Let's go. Come on. We had it that year. Um, <sighs> yes. Okay. So, so they both have long win streaks. Uh, the Packers win streak against the Lions, their longest is 10, 10 games in a row. Ours is 11. We crushed them. We crushed them. The best news, yeah. folks, is the, the current streak they have is two over the Lions. So it's going to be. What six years before we have to worry about breaking any records there? So it's okay. We got time. We don't have to, we don't have to worry too much. Largest margin of victory. Who has it? Who do you think? I'm going to guess that the Lions did in the or the early 1950s. Oh no, it's the Packers. 57 in 1940. Uh, and oh, the NFL record for scoring in a single quarter, still owned by the Packers from like around that same time, 41 points. In the second quarter, the Lions had led it 7 nothing at that point, and then they scored 41 in the second. Uh, four receptions by Don Hudson in a quarter. 
quarter. And that's another standing record today, Don Hudson. So, All right. Uh, Thanksgiving Massacre, that's something we can look back on and sort of smile. We sacked Bart Starr 11 times. Unfortunately, in the playoffs, uh, we choked out at the end of the division. The Packers went on and won the, the championship. So there you go. Um, here's a fun one. Matthew Stafford is one touchdown away from being the all-time touchdown leader against the Packers. Now that's 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 something to hold on to and say, yeah, but we can score a lot. That that's worthy of a graphic from Fox and a mention from Dan Miller on yeah, Sunday's broadcast. Yeah, for reals, for sure. Well, I'll, I'll 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 help his department his uh, his spotter for him. <laughs> um, something something Mike Flynn. Something, something, Hail Mary. Something, something, hey, Prater through to Toy Lolo. And then there's one we're going to discuss. <laughs> That's a name I haven't heard in a long time, right? Right, Obi-Wan? <laughs> oh, he caught a pass for the Steelers the other night. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> the Steelers have Levine Toy Lolo and Eric Ebron as their tight ends right now. I watched That's, Ebron That's drop two. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, and then something, the two hands to the face, phantom penalties that were, um, they were, this is from the NFL Films um, action, it was controversial, called Andre Flowers in the fourth quarter, ending in another bullshit Packers win. That's, di- that's direct from the NFL Films write-up, by the way, bullshit Packers Absolutely. Win. Yeah, Verbatim. That, that was, that was it. And, um... That is something we're going to step into here next. We're going to give a call to Dan. But uh, I want to tell you guys, check out the radio broadcast. Dan Miller, Lomas Brown Lions Radio Network, or on Fox and Select Markets. Check it out. Uh, okay, let's get Dean on the phone. Let's talk about Cleet Blakeman and this whole thing. For those that aren't in the know or don't remember or haven't seen it, we'll, we'll fill everybody in from the ground up once uh, once we get Dino here. Just got to get the phone. It's, it says yeah. it's dialing, but you know how iPhones are? It was, I shouldn't have done it was, it was one of those things where we saw it this week. <laughs> And it was like, really, really one year, like not even a full year because that was week six last year. And that was in, that was in Ford field. And uh, let me, let me pull up the quote that I wrote on it. Cause I, I'm rather proud of it. Good. Cause my stupid iPhone is not need a better actually phone, getting out, the getting All the right. call out. So, so what I wrote when I did my um, uh, season review, uh, and watch the game. I wrote, I've been covering the NFL professionally since 2004 and watching football since the mid-1970s. I have never seen a single instance of the officials deciding the outcome of a game at any level of football more than this one. The Lions absolutely got hosed by Cleet Blakeman and his clueless, biased crew. Blakeman effectively admitting he didn't know what was going on in his post-game press conference, which he abruptly stopped, only reinforces my position. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So while we wait for this this call. So there were there were there were the two penalties against Trey Flowers for illegal contact, illegal hands to the face. Neither of them were legitimate. The other penalty, though, in the game that really bothered me in real time was when Tracy Walker tried to pick off a hospital ball thrown by Aaron Rodgers towards Geronimo Allison. And Allison happened to get in the way of 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 Walker intercepting it. Um, he got concussed and wound up being out for the season before he came to Detroit and got hurt. Uh, of course. Good, parent, good parenthetical there. Um, <laughs> and, but Walker got penalized for that, and everybody, and, and I remember we, we, we asked Dean about it um, not long after that. Everybody, Mike Pereira was on it. Um, uh, the guy from uh, uh, the other network, and I can't think of his name, he was on it, and they all said it was a terrible call. That's a bad throw by Rodgers. Don't reward him for hurting his own wide receiver. That Obviously, none of them said that, but that was the gist of it. 
and uh, I remember, so Pat Kerwin, who we know, Chris, from, from Mobile, yeah. um, he went off on it on that Monday, or, or it might have been Tuesday. Uh, it, it was not, not, not a good call. To be blunt. Yep. I'm using Skype instead of the phone because it's just not working. We'll get we'll get we'll get Dino one way or another, I promise. Hello. <laughs> hey Dino, how you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you? Oh, good, good. I had to use Skype Thursday. for some reason we couldn't get the stupid uh the stupid regular phones to connect. How what is it? What is it here in Lions Land? What's going on? Hello, hello, can you hear me? Yep, yep. Can uh, we, we can hear uh, you, Dean. All right, we're gonna try to call you back. <laughs> oh, live radio, folks. Live podcast. So are you ready for some real fun? We got Tony here, too. Let's get Tony in. Let's just oh, do the wow. whole bag. Of, All right. Let's do the whole ball of wax. Tony! Right. How you doing, buddy? Tony! What's up, Hey, guys? look at that. <laughs> All right. Glad you made it. <laughs> Thank you. Go. Sorry about that. That's okay, brother. That is okay. Let me see. I'm going <laughs> to get your names right here, because last time I just let it ride. This time I can't. Do yes, it. you did. People need the names of those beautiful faces. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually having like a hilarious set of circumstances right now. Yes, we're we're trying to get like Dean. Huh? There we go. Um, right. <laughs> trying to call our friend Dean with the regular phone. Gotcha. Yep. There we go. We're talking about Cleet Blakeman and uh, well, I'll ask you like first. About it, I'm not Tony. available. If we can't get Dean here, yeah. what were your thoughts when you saw that Cleet Blakeman was assigned to do this game between the Packers and the Lions? This face, I was surprised. I, I thought he would never do another Lions game. And look, I understand he didn't make the call. It was one of his officials working under him who made those bad calls for the Lions and Packers game. But Jeff, usually when that happens, it does fall on whoever's running the crew. And Cleek Blakeman was running the crew at that time. And so I thought he wouldn't do another Lions game, or at least it would be a couple of years before he did a Lions game. But lo and behold, he's got the game Sunday at Lambeau Field. Hello. Makes no sense Tino. at all. I think we got hey. you, buddy. How you doing? Good, good. How are you guys? Good, good. I'm here with Jeff and Tony. Good to talk to you again. Um, sorry, sorry about the phone issues. <laughs> it's something. No, I mean, we're having a fun, like the, have fun technical like, day, Dean. It's like the Lions in the fourth quarter on Sunday. You know, oh, yeah. On. Rub it in. Rub it in, man. Is this how we're going to start? Really? <laughs> Just saying. Dean comes in blazing. <laughs> wow. Dean, now, now you, your money was on the Lions last week. Let's get everyone straight, right? You, you were a Lions. I, I predicted week. the Lions to win the division. I was. They were up big. I'm. I'm touting the Lions, and then, you know. Mitchell Trubisky turns into, uh, you know, Bart Starr. I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh, don't use Bart Starr. We got a tough, a tough look ahead this week too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, you know what's up, right? Last week, uh, or last year, God, it feels like sure. last week, we had the, the Cleet Blakeman, Blakeman situation where, you know, you know, there was the calls and we, we, we look at them, of course, as viewers, we have the benefit of multiple slow motion angles replay and everything else okay 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 but happened twice the two the two face mask uh hands to the face calls that were maybe not mm -hmm. really hands to the face i'm being as generous as i can here because we're <laughs> friends right right mm -hmm. um <laughs> and um so what happens we pull him for the next meeting i really thought and tony was saying it too we'd never see cleat on a field with the lions again and I, I'm, I'm telling you like if there was if this was at Ford Field or even if it was in Lambeau, I'm, I'm guaranteed people would be getting busloads of people to show up if they allowed uh, people in the stands for this. Yeah. What What is the NFL thinking? How does this work? Give us the lowdown first, just to, to, to set us straight. Sure. It's not like a, a vast conspiracy like everybody thinks. Yeah. So obviously, 
I don't know all the discussion that took place, you know, in making the assignments, but I know when I was at the NFL and, and this is still the practice. If you have a, a, a crew or a referee that is involved in something controversial and we're not talking about, you know, something, Oh, there's going to be a missed call in, in, in every game. But this was, this was a big deal, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the Lions and Packers, couple of calls, very controversial, close game. So you would basically say, okay, cleat, um, if it's the same crew or if it's just cleat, he's not going to go back and, and, and work the lions there. You're going to give them, give a little bit of a grace period because as, as we know in our relationship, time heals all wounds. And, and so you're going to, you're going to, you know, maybe cleat doesn't see the lions for, you know, a year or two, whatever it is. And you certainly don't want to put him back on the same matchup the, the the next year because like you said it just creates this now becomes a topic of conversation mm-hmm. where you don't want the officiating going into the game to be the topic of conversation you certainly don't want it to be the conversation at any point so what what i believe has happened because of covid and everything else the scheduling has been changed and you know it's more regional it's more geographic trying to keep officials off of planes whenever possible um maybe that was part of the part of the conversation maybe they just missed it maybe they didn't go back and look at last year and say hey because what i used to do when i was at the league office i would sit there with with my assistant and we would go through okay when we're looking at the schedule let's look at the games from last year that were major controversy and let's try to keep our referee who was involved in that away from those teams if possible. Right. And you just give, give, you know, some time between, I don't know if that, if that conversation took place, if it was strictly, Hey, because of COVID and everything else, we have to fit clean, clean into this game. But obviously it's not ideal because it's Friday and the game hasn't even been played yet. And we're talking about these issues. Absolutely. And the thing is now, no matter what happens, there's no there, it's a no win situation for the NFL. If Cleet makes a call or Cleet's crew makes a call that favors the Lions. Oh, that's just a payback. Right. That's the narrative. Sure, if they make sure. one against the Lions, then I mean, it really gets ugly. If if it's it's if it's I mean, he calls it straight. There's still you never get a straight called game for the fans. Nobody actually ever believes that. Right. No, and no. There's a and, no win here for these guys. And that's and that's real. Like that perception becomes reality. And you think about if you go back to 2001 walt coleman the, the famous tuck game right the, the patriots yeah. and the raiders walt coleman worked that game that was in 2001 um you know 2000 2001 he retired in 2015 he never worked another raider yet right that that's that's i mean that's extreme really? wow he that that's extreme but that is part of when you're scheduling, you have, you want it for both, for everyone involved. It, it keeps the official in, you know, out of a no win situation. And it obviously doesn't, you know, especially, you know, if this game was in Detroit with a full stadium, uh, you know, cleats walking into, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of a, a bad situation. And you certainly don't want that. Uh, one of the questions I have, he, so cleat also did the Packers Seahawks playoff game last year. And there was a very obviously bad call in that game too. Is there any like that, that doesn't send flags up. Like you you talked about Dean, about how you used to go through it. That's not something that's standard practice. That's something that you personally did that, that maybe your successors haven't implemented, you know, going through and looking and 
making sure that there's no bad optics or anything like that? Yeah, I don't know if my successors, I, I'm pretty sure they have. I mean, and that went back, that predated me. You know, that was just, it's common sense. You just try to, you know, you don't want to, you, you can't limit yourself in terms of scheduling. That's why there's going to be calls that are missed and you can't say, well, they missed a call against the Lions. They're never going to work the Lions again. You have to, you have to, because you're, you're trying to mix and, and, and you don't want the same team getting the same referee five times a year because your, your likelihood of something happening then goes up. So you try to send them around, you know, you limit the number of times they can see the same team to, to twice throughout the year. They can't go to the same city um, more than twice. Look, COVID has changed all of that, but, you know, I think sometimes the referee gets it, it follows the referee around because he or she is the face of the crew, but it might not even be their call. Right. That 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 playoff crew in Green Bay, Seattle, um, the playoffs are, are mixed crews. So so right. a lot of those officials weren't even on Cleet's regular season crew. Right. But because Cleet is the face of that crew, it gets attached to him. And that and that's just part of the deal. Well, Dean, let me follow up with this question then, and, and you kind of hit on the face of the crew. It wasn't Blakeman who actually made the bad calls in that game against the Packers sure. as a member of his crew. When you were going through, when you were dealing with the officials, when you were the head of officiating, would that fall more on Blakeman for not overseeing or at least reversing the call? Or would you also treat the guy who made the call the same way as Blakeman? Yeah, it's not. I mean, look, from if a referee out there, the referee has, they have their own you know, kind of scope what they can look at. So if something happens downfield, you know, there was, I know there was an unnecessary roughness in that game, a hit on a defenseless receiver mm-hmm. that was called. I mean, Cleet isn't going to see that live. There, there's no way he's going to see that based on what he's watching during the play. So he has no chance to correct anything like okay. that. So, so it's just the, the reality is, is that people, right. If you, if, you know, if I mentioned Phil Luckett, right? Phil Luckett was a referee. People immediately are going to think, you know, he was involved in, in, uh, and this is in the nineties and was involved in a whole bunch of situations, coin toss, things like that. But there was a point in time where it was, it was not Phil, it was people on his crew, but nobody, do you know the side judge for the game coming up Sunday? You know, do you know the line judge? No, people just know the referee. So if I, (laughs) <laughs> you, you might after the fact exactly if it does you know if it does raise to that level but very rarely is is a you know an umpire going to get that type of you know notoriety it, it typically falls on the referee yeah what do you think you know in the chat right now in the chats it's it's you're getting a lot more support than normal, Dean, and and I, th- I think the the outreach <laughs> you've been working with has been helpful, right? I mean, you're you're a guy who I like. I still don't understand. Before you took this job, you you had to accept it and why you did, right? <laughs> but I certainly understand why you left, right? And and it's funny having gone through this kind of you know relationship with you in in the the. the, the decent sense of the term, whatever um you know it, it all started with a hashtag you know fire blandino and sure. we're at the point now where we're hashtagging higher blandino you know what i mean it's like <laughs> it's like wow where have we gone like what's this path and trip we've had and growth and learning and all that but um what about the idea of the eye in the sky we've talked a little about that in the past a lot of people think it would really really help it just feels like taking that kind of stuff out of it may help you're never going to get rid of all of it 
Right. But sure. and, and there's always going to be an element of, of subjectivity to a lot of the calls. But like the, the, the Packers game, you know, the, the fun, quote unquote, thing that people like to talk about is we led both games for all 60 minutes and still lost. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. Either one of or both of those plays aren't called that way. And for all intents and purposes, the, the Lions win the game. Right. Um, those are very, very significant game-changing calls that affects careers of players and coaches and and management and so on what is what is i mean what is the the idea the eye in the sky idea what's what's the idea of of possibly making this better have you have you talked to alberto recently about such things (laughs) (laughs) well i you know the competition committee has discussed this and and i do envision the NFL will have some version of of a video official eye in the sky, sky judge, whatever you want to call it. I think they're going to have something in the near future. They did want to they did want to experiment mm-hmm. um, this this preseason. Obviously, we didn't have a preseason, nothing so they wrong. couldn't. Nothing, yeah, nothing went wrong, but they couldn't experiment with it. So I do anticipate that that eye in the sky concept, um, you know, becoming a part of the NFL. I think there are. Yeah, you just got to limit it. You got to make sure you understand the parameters. Um, we certainly don't want, you know, after every call, we're just standing around waiting for for a video official to say, you know, yay or nay. But but I think there are obvious. Sometimes there are obvious things that happen that can be corrected um, quickly and efficiently on video. And I think the league is looking at that, and I would anticipate that in the near future. Okay. Let me. There's one more thing that's going on, and I think people need to hear this and understand this. Uh, in the chat, people are going nuts about the XFL and the transparency and the officiating. Mm-hmm. You had a really, really big part in that, didn't you? I mean, this was something that was created from, um, you know, from from a blank sheet of paper that you did. You didn't yeah. start with somebody else's set of rules, try to evolve them to as in, as much as you could through a competition community. You helped kind of white page this, right? So I, it, yeah. it might help people get a little context about where where Dean's head is and, and his ability to run an officiating situation and crews and so on and, and get this right, because they did a spectacular job with that transparency. Yeah, I, I, look, the XFL was great. Like you said, it was it was a blank page. We had we had the ability. We didn't have anything previous that we were beholden to. Right. We could just say, hey, if we're going to create this and this game and these rules and these and, and these processes, Let's do it and let's and let's keep the the fan and the viewer, you know, however they're watching the game. Let's take their view into consideration as well. And what would make their experience better? And it's that transparency. Um, It's seeing the replay official make a decision, hearing what they're saying in the booth, listening to the on field conversation. I think those were all innovations that we we felt really good about it with the XFL now. Look, the NFL, right? It's it's an established organization that's been around for a hundred years. It's harder to just say, okay, now all of a sudden we're going to peel back the curtain all the way. So, so I get it that the NFL isn't going to jump in with both feet, but I do feel like there are some things the NFL can do from a transparency standpoint that would would you know help reduce the the conspiracy theory you know the all the the kind of you know our team is just they're out to get us those types of things because um, you know that that certainly in my experience is not has never been the case as as much as the lines have been on the wrong end for it's <laughs> what it seems like forever but um, sometimes it's just bad luck but but I do think that transparency would help would go a long way yeah. 
Oh man. So uh, along with, so obviously you had it with the XFL where there was a lot of interaction between the league, like you in the office and and the officials on the field. Mm -hmm. I'll go back to last night's game, Cleveland and Cincinnati, where the officials blew calls on two of the first three plays of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there any, and and I don't know, I don't know if this, I'll I'll ask this. Is there, like, if a guy's having a bad game, can can you come in at halftime and say, hey, man, you're you're missing calls? Does the league have the ability to contact the officials like that and say, hey, this is, you're, you're missing this? Or, or, wake up your side judge or something like that. Is that something? That yeah, it's, it's the league, you know, that's not something that would come from the league. You do have communication from the, the game day central in New York, and you can communicate with um, a select number of, of, of officials on the field, the referee and one other. And, and really, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to say, Hey, to the referee, you know, get the line judge needs to step it up. That is really the crew's job to get together. They're a team out there. They need to pick each other up if somebody, you know, is what you don't want is somebody kicks a call and now you get in their ear and, and, and you, you know, you make them feel even worse about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes that's, sense. That, yeah. You know, that's really the crew's job to kind of pick them up. And but it was, you know, it was interesting. Right. We had a, a, a catch that was clearly incomplete that was ruled a catch. And it felt like it felt like it took forever to 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 fix that. And and that that just that process needs to be more efficient. And, and I know the league is working on that. Uh, and again, it's a different, you know, we're dealing with different circumstances this year with COVID and, and, and people aren't all in one place, even in New York, people are in different locations. So that could be a part of it as well. Hey, Dean, this is the first time we've ever had a chance to talk. So it's a pleasure, first of all, to get the chance to talk to you, but I've been a fan and I'm kind of curious, what is a typical Sunday like for you? In the NFL season. Yeah. So Sundays, so we'll head to, you know, being on the West Coast now or, you know, your early games start at 10 a.m., which is, you know, I'm still not used to having having grown up on the East Coast <laughs> my entire life, <laughs> but it takes a while. And uh, and so, yeah, we're at the studio. I'm usually at the studio by eight um, getting, you know, getting set up, testing. You, there's a lot of communications equipment. We have we have audio communication to all of our TV trucks. Um, so I can talk directly to the producer and that's happening throughout the game when there are officiating issues. So we're testing all the, all the comms and then, you know, and then I get wardrobe. Um, I know this is hard to believe, but I get a little makeup and then, uh, and then yeah, just a little touch up, just a little touch up. You always pick the lion's blue tie. I notice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then we're, you know, and then we're in the studio. Um, we've got a setup where all of our games, there's a wall of, of, of screens and all of our games are up there. I've got a system in front of me with, with somebody that works with me that can run the video for me. And we've got a touch screen. So if I'm, if I'm on the Lions Packers game and the, and the Eagles Rams game, I can switch back and forth between those two games, listen to the, to the announcers and, uh, and watch the, uh, watch the game as it goes on. And as things come up, I get in the producer's ear. If the announcers start talking about a foul or a rule, I can listen in. If they're, if they're on the right track, I can just kind of reinforce it. If not, I can help clarify it. And then if there is something that, that raises to the level where they want me to come on the air and, and talk about it, the producer says, hey, Dean, we're going to come to you. I, I have a camera. I turn and get in position. Camera's on me, and uh, 
they kick it to me and I, and I do my thing. And then we, uh, then we move on. So that's a typical Sunday. And then we've got the two windows. So the early windows usually over by about, you know, one fifteen, one thirty, And then we get that second game starting. It was nice living on the West and, and Dean moved the West coast. Like we are, our, our moving trucks crossed around Kansas <laughs> at the same time as I moved back East. But, um, when you get that, that you do that post game show after a lions game and you wrap up and you can just sit back and watch the eight o'clock game at five o'clock oh, wow. at it's night, football's over at nine and you can just kind of relax and get into the evening. It's there's really something special about that. It, it is. I mean, I remember just, being in New York and working at the NFL and I would, you know, the Sunday night game is, is sometimes wouldn't end until midnight. And then I'm, I'm waiting if there was something significant, you know, if the lions were playing, it was always going to be something significant. So I'd have to wait for NFL network to contact me to go on the air and explain it and then wait for the coach, you know, either coach to call. And so you're not, you know, it could be one, one before you're, you're rolling into bed. Whereas like you said, Chris, it's, you know, by, by nine o'clock, the game is, well over and you're you're sitting there on to the next thing yeah yeah it's good stuff get the kids ready for school right <laughs> yeah well they're, they're zoom schooling here which is which has been interesting <laughs> hey really quick dean i know uh, we, we're gonna let you go i know we don't want to keep you too long you're always so generous with us and you're so nice but i do want to mention uh that tony hasn't heard this really and we're just starting to get all the pieces together we've got our annual saint jude charity fundraiser starting yeah. november we're still kind of kick it off right now it looks like november 6th with a 24-hour podcast a thon where <laughs> case and i and a bunch of our friends are going to go for 24 hours of, you know, our brand of whatever it is that we do, uh, Lions Talk. And uh, along the way, we're going to have a, a bunch of guests. Dean's helping us coordinate a bunch of stuff. Um, we're putting a lot of different stuff together. We're not going to talk a whole lot together, but Dean, you've always been so generous. Last time he came up with, uh, you know, game used Super Bowl balls, uh, a ton of really, really good stuff uh, for us is for the auction. Uh, we're trying to raise stuff on the auction. Last time, you know, it was a spur of the moment thing inspired by Matt Patricia. Trisha's donation to Rich at the Combine. We were like, you know what? Lions fans can do something. And I was about to write a check. I was in a hotel room in California, actually. And I was like, I, I don't, I'm not going to just write a check. I think we can do more. And on this kind of spur of the moment thing, we raised almost 7500 bucks for, oh. for St. Jude. This year, I, I, I'm really putting the challenge out there. I think, you know, adding this podcast-a-thon, we're going, we're calling it Christmas for the Kids, going from November till uh, the end of December. Uh, our, our goal is 25 Gs this year in auctions and other stuff. And I think already the, some of the things we've gotten for auction, you guys would be stunned because there's some really big-time items up. We plan to go big this year. So all you folks listen, please, please be ready for that. Please be helping, uh, ready to help out these kids. Uh, this is something that, you know, is it, it, there's nothing that's made me feel better other than when I kicked off that St. Jude thing. I think I got more out of it than St. Jude did just out of the, the sense of, you know, being able to do something good in this world, especially especially these days, because it's not as nice as it seems to have been used to have been. So, Dean, before we go, I just want to say thanks for all your help on that and, and along the way. And thanks for being such a great pal, bud. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. And uh, and let's hope we're not talking about officiating next week. Let's keep it a quiet week. <laughs> let's hope That'd we don't a 24-hour podcast-a-thon about officiating. <laughs> you could. You, you probably got, you could talk 24 hours about all the controversial Lions calls over the years. But it, it, it may be that's possible. true. That's true. All right, buddy. Have a good one, all right? All right, guys. All right, good to talk, talk to you. Talk to you later. Cheers. All right. He's such a good guy, isn't he? Everybody hates on him from his job from 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 back when. But if you listen to our old shows and talks with him, you guys will find out Dean's an incredible dude who worked within a system that was maybe not the 
the best system. He did what he could to make it better along the way within the confines he had. And again, you point to the you know, XFL and Salt he, was there. He's, you he's see, he's always mind been honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even if you don't want to hear what he has to say, he he's going to tell you what's going on, mm-hmm. and he's going to tell you why it's happening. And I, I appreciate that he doesn't duck it. No. Um, Agreed. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of people that would be in his position who would you know try to waffle or, or politic their way out of it. No, he he just comes out and he'll he'll take it. He'll take the heat. When he was running the officials, I used to love watching him on the NFL Network on the day after games because he would actually yes. come out and say exactly what you were thinking. It's like, wow, Dean Blandino knows it. And not to put down his predecessors, but I miss Blandino's bluntness after yes. those, you know, after games. I really would like to see that go forward. Yeah, yeah, he's he he did a great job in a, in a in a tough role. He talked about us, and and again, you guys go look at some of the old shows. He's talked about uh, some of the calls he's had with Mrs. Ford. Um, he's some of the calls with Jim Caldwell, and even some of the Matt Patricia calls he's had when he was with the uh, the Patriots. And uh, he, they're they're great stories. They're all all great stories. We'll we'll have more. We'll we'll have more. Anybody else think it's amazing that coaches still call him after games just to get an idea about? Because <laughs> he said that at the end, I'm like. Yeah. Wait a minute. You're taking coach calls from NFL coaches about calls that were made during their games before they may call the NFL about them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fascinating as hell. Yeah. yeah. He's uh he, he he's still plugged in, man. That's yeah. Yeah. And and plus he's in the network center and a lot of those guys the, you know this Tony from from what you do. They they will they're very plugged into the local media and will yep. will reflect and okay, how does this how is this getting perceived there um before yep. they wind up talking on that. So I'm sure that there's a lot of back and forth on that too i'll tell you you talk about the network center just really quick because i can't keep a good secret i'm terrible at this but Uh we we, we're working with fox pr one of the things that we're talking about as a possible auction item is a green room trip to the network center in culver city out in california on a sunday football day so um that's and that's not the biggest thing amazing i I would bid on that i'm going to bid on it (laughs) just so you know i'll be chaperoning whoever's going on (laughs) just like watching like like a local news product like the six o'clock news production at the fox affiliate here in grand rapids and i've been there for a couple times on it it's amazing what all goes on behind the scenes and in the producing booth and yeah yeah, for real. Wow, it's it's it, it's my my kids were blessed enough to to get to watch it too, and they're like, "Wow, <laughs> you have no idea how much is going on on the other side of the camera." Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's 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 crazy stuff. So, and just the last thing with the St. Jude thing, every mm-hmm. penny that we raise is going to St. Jude. I'm covering the overhead of everything of that we get. So we're looking for the donation donated auction items, of course, because I'm not going to go buy jerseys to give away. <laughs> I'm not going to raise enough money. I'll just give them the 45 grand, right? <laughs> to be done or the 25 grand. We'll be done with it there. But uh, I'm going to cover all the overhead on this. So this is everything we raise is up to you guys and, and your help. And I'll, I'll of course be thrown in there too as well, but this is, this is a big thing. Let's, let's take care of those kids. Let's uh, let's do Christmas for the kids this year. This is something that I really, really believe in and want to help you guys help us out. All right, let's talk lions. Thank you everybody for indulging me um, really quick. Has the injury report, come out i haven't been able to check do we have we seen the official injury report for this week i have not seen the official yet no okay what, uh, what do we know or what do we think we know so so we know that uh kenny galladay did not practice on friday right uh big v did not practice on friday he hasn't practiced in two weeks with a foot with his he's called big v for a reason not because anybody <laughs> can't say halapulavati i would be shocked if he played um, yep. And again, I'm I'm just doing this without um, knowing what's going on. Let me ask Desmond you something Tru- about Big Desmond V. Really Trufant quick. out 
I, I want to out of practice all week too. Um, and that's not good with the hamstring. That's something that they and Matt Patricia talked about it. I think it was Wednesday where he talked about you know the the rash of injuries. He was, he was asked about it in his press conference again today too. Um, it's not something that they want to rush. Um, right. So I would not expect Trufant, Galladay, or, or certainly Big V to be be out there on Sunday. I want to let me add question. one more name go to ahead, that ahead, list. Tony. Sorry, Chris. Let me yeah. add one more name to that list. Joe Dahl was yeah. out of practice yesterday. He didn't practice again today. It looks like groin injury. So there's a possibility oh. Lions go into that game against the Packers without their starting left guard and their starting right tackle. <laughs> okay, so Halapulutavati Vitae. And I'll give you guys the secret on how to remember how to say his name in a moment. Uh, <laughs> is what are we? I want to get your your honest opinion, Riz. Are we? Do you feel like we're looking at a Mike Daniel situation here? Remember, he oh, got God. hurt early and then never really came back. And I, I, I just not. hate to put that out there, even kind of in the universe. But I just want to get a sense of some folks that spent some time out there and the people you know and you too, yeah. Tony. Is, is so I, looking something like I this know people who know him from Philly very well, and they they said he's he's not a guy who's going to milk an injury. Um, and I, I don't not that anybody would say that about Mike Daniels either, but it is worth noting that Mike Daniels has not played for the Bengals yet either, and they desperately needed him last night. If you watch that game, yeah. Um, it's, it's a foot, uh, feet and in, foot injuries can be anything. It can be, you know, he rolled his, the, the side of his foot. It could be a, a broken bone. It could be, um, what's the thing that, uh, that ruined, uh, Amir Abdullah Liz Frank. Yeah, um, that it could be any of those things. It's, it's very nonspecific. The lions do not offer one iota of information more than they have to. So we don't really know. But the fact that he has not been out there, not even like dressed and working off on the trainers on the side, uh, that's that's not a good sign for playing this week or next week. And and it it wouldn't surprise me if he winds up not playing through the first four weeks. Um, And that again, they they are not going to rush injuries this year, even with the the change in IR where you can put a guy on for three weeks. That's uh, they are they're much they learned from last year, and I've heard this from several people that are around the team. They learned last year that they mishandled the injuries by keeping the guys riding too long, trying to get them back, having them practice on like Monday or Tuesday, and then seeing, okay, that's still not good. They want to get that full rest time in this year. That's something that I know that they're focused on. So uh, uh, probably suboptimal for week two, but maybe it helps in week three, week five, week ten, things like that. Yeah. So, Tony, here's the secret, right? You're, you're the radio guy, so you we, you know a lot about it, mnemonic tools and stuff. It's uh, play that funky music, white boy. Halapaludavati Vitae. <laughs> Sing that to yourself, <laughs> and you'll get it out every single time. It's really great. <laughs> On the scripts, when I do updates, when his name comes up, it's phonetically spelled out. Oh, I nice. mean, I go syllable by syllable yep. with Halapaludavati you got it you get that that, that i can't can't do it without a script in front of me if there's a script in front of me great i can handle it without a script i just completely messed up (laughs) that's that's my mnemonic mnemonic trick is the uh the play the music funky music white boy and i get it just about every time (laughs) i'm stealing that from you i'm gonna try it It, and if not at least you're singing a a nice tune and you can move on All right, let's uh, talk a little bit about the matchups. What are our key matchups? Last week, we talked about the right side of the line, and for all intents and purposes, I was really pleased with how the right side of the line held up to the Bears' defense. The rest of the team, we can talk about otherwise, you know, different conversation, but what we thought was going to be the giant, you know, vulnerability of the team just didn't really show up as. They survived and and just didn't collapse like kind of what it might have been expected. What are we looking at against these these, uh, Packers? 
so again, you're going to have the right side of the line being a question. Uh, it's not like um, Preston and Zedarius Smith and, and they work in Rashawn Gary and now too. It's not like those guys are not good football players coming <laughs> off the edge again. Yep. Uh, and this is this one's a little different because they they run uh, a lot of multiple. They will they will flood a side. They will they will rush four on one side and one guy on the other, and that that complicates the protections. You can't slide your entire line to protect that. They did it a couple of times last week. Now they didn't do it very well, and their their defense <laughs> got absolutely gashed. Um, in fact, they they have the worst yards per play allowed in the NFL after what Minnesota did to them. Now, a lot of that was in garbage time, but the, the ability to keep Matthew Stafford comfortable and give him time to survey down the field because their, their linebacking core is awful, and it was awful last week. Kirk Cousins picked them apart every chance he got. That's going to be there for Stafford if he has time to stand in the pocket and, and you know count to three. It doesn't have to be four. Doesn't have to be three point five. If he can, if he can make his first read and see that that's gone, go to his second read and okay, maybe that's there. But maybe I can also see the third read out of the corner of my eye over here. That's all he needs, and he will have a lot of success. But they have to give him the time. And uh, again, the fact that the Packers have Kenny Clark in the middle, very disruptive force in the middle. Not, I thought Frank Ragnow was the best player in the Lions in Week One, so I'm feeling pretty good about that one. And I think Kenny Clark is actually on their injury report too. He's uh, out. But- is he out? Oh, yes. Ooh, Thank you, Tony. Tony you You're welcome. Good news, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he's out. According to uh, Matt LaFleur at his press conference today, that Kenny Clark is out and will not play Sunday. That, that's a huge break for the Lions. He, he's that really is. good. Tony says he's a jinx and he's bringing all the good news. He's like standing here. <laughs> <laughs> I try. My, the, the thing I'm looking for, the Lions have to be a very disciplined team because quiet as it's kept, Aaron Jones actually had a pretty good game for the Green Bay Packers in week one. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm the Packers, I'm going to try to run to set up the pass this time around. So to me, the Lions have to be disciplined. They have to make sure they don't fall for the Aaron Rodgers tricks. The cadence count, which Minnesota got caught a couple of times at home. Granted, there were no people in the stands, but still they got caught off guard with Aaron Rodgers' cadence. But also, too, the run game. I mean, the Packers do have a decent run game, and I think that's going to be something where the Lions are going to have to control that. On the other side of the ball, and Jeff, I hope you agree with me on this, if you're Detroit, you know Aaron Rodgers is going to get his shots. Your key is to try to control the game with Aaron or with Adrian Peterson, with DeAndre Swift, and with Carryon Johnson. They've got to keep the ball away from the Packers as much as they can. Because again, Rodgers is going to get his shots. He's going to get his chances to score points. You just have to make sure he doesn't get a whole lot of those chances. So this is one of those weeks where Patricia's inherently conservative ball control style actually really plays yep. into the favor of the Lions. Yeah. And this is this is you know look I'm I'm not saying that this that the Lions are going to win or I'm I'm not even going to go out it feels like a limb to say it's going to be close but I will say that it feels like the Lions are better matched up against the Green Bay Packers than they are against the Chicago Bears which is odd because the teams are on different ends of the the quality spectrum but even last year when we lost to the Bears both times we effectively and I know wins and losses matter but effectively right. beat the Packers twice right i mean it's it's this is a team that i wouldn't if i just kind of in a in a vacuum look at it i wouldn't expect them to completely get blown out and i mean the offseason work that the Packers did to the team um, it's hard to point at significant improvements. Every team got better in the NFL, but when they spent that first pick on Jordan Love, right? I mean, you just you just could feel it. They 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 missed out on an opportunity to get an immediate impact player to change that team uh, at, at 
by by getting Jordan. They they made a calculated risk. You know, I laughed hard and I still giggle in my sleep sometimes with my happy dreams. But I hope they can, and I hope that I'm right. <laughs> but uh, let's um, let's hope that that's the case. What do you guys thought compared to last year? This year, how do the two teams match up? Yeah, I. I I don't think the Lions are scared going into to Lambeau. I think that's one of the things that has has come over the last three or four years is that they know they can win there and that that sort of mystique where they had, they didn't win there for I forget how many years it was um, that's gone uh, yep. and they do they do they do match up actually X's and O's fairly well uh, because again the the strength of the, the the Lions offensive line is on the interior for the most part and and over the left tackle. If you run at the Packers and and block effectively their line, their linebackers are not good. Their safeties are not all that good either. They're good on the outside, and and they got better on the outside too. And and Jerry Alexander is a really really good corner. I would expect him to probably mirror uh, Marvin Jones all over the field, which means that guys like Kenny, like uh, Danny Amendola, is going to have to sell Quintez Cephas, yep. who got a lot of work last week, didn't do a whole didn't lot with, with it, it, but he yeah. got a lot of experience anyways. Uh, he's going to have to make a couple of catches that he didn't make in week one if, if they're going to keep the passing attack going. And, and again, like you said, Tony, ball control, churn first downs. Yep. This is a week for the 10-play, 75-yard drive exactly. if there ever was one. And, Riz, you mentioned something that was interesting, too, about the Lambeau Field mystique. I think the Packers are one of the few teams in the NFL that really will suffer without having home fans in the stands. Great point. One thing I love about Lambeau Field is – the people there are Packer crazy, and they do give an energy to the home team. It's funny. They have one of the simplest theme songs, Go Pack Go. You know, you can say it in your sleep, Go Pack Go. But when you've got 60,000 people, 50,000 of which are dressed like Elmer Fudd going after Bugs Bunny, and they start saying Go Pack Go, and they're chanting it, it becomes haunting, but it gives you energy. And you can see the Packers playing off that energy. And I think they're going to miss the Lambeau Field crowd on Sunday. And I think this is a good situation. I'd rather have the Lions face the Packers in Green Bay in week two than try to face them in, say, week 10 or 12 when there's actually fans in the stands at Lambeau. And when the, the Bears are facing them twice at the end of the season, which yep. is they don't see them to like week nine or 10, something crazy like that. Um, so they're seeing them all at the end. Injuries, of course, have, have a role to play, but it's a whole different ball of wax for them to show up in uh, in Lambeau with a, with a crowd there than, than this. It's a great, great point, Tony. Big time. Although the one thing I miss, I will miss, that I do miss about Lambeau, you could walk through the parking lot at Lambeau and people will say how much the Lions suck and then they'll turn around and say, hey, would you like some food? Yeah. yeah. Love walking through the parking lot because That's I was gaining five pounds between the time I got out of the cab and the time I got to the stadium because I'd have a couple of bratwurst filled with mustard and some onions and <laughs> cheese curds. Loved it. Loved going to games at Lambeau Field. I don't care how cold it was. Right. It was usually 20 oh, below. Man. But loved it oh fans man. are the fans are great the best fans one of the best series sets of fans in the nfl was in green bay that's that's great we've we've heard that from uh one of our slack chat guys uh wisco boiler he he lives he actually lives in kenosha which has its mm-hmm. own set of things going on right now but he he yeah. says the the green bay fans are, are are as far as fan goes it's a great fans go it's a great place to be they're not you know they're just good people, right? Otherwise, they're still you know you get your fandom, but they start from a good place, and that's yeah. that's that's yeah. A, that's a big they're, thing in the NFL. They're different anymore. from the homers that you get in Boston or Dallas or yes. Miami or Philadelphia. It, it's a different vibe to them. They're gonna let you know Chicago. that their team is really good, 
but yeah. they're not going to rub your face that you're not beating them physically. You won't meet the asphalt when you. That's <laughs> a rule. That's a result. Yeah, batteries in Philly. The whole thing. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. All right, Riz. Do you know where Vegas is on this game? I, I know you kind of do a thing for that for real. GM I do sometimes. not actually. Um, I got wrapped up having to cover the Browns and the Bengals all week on a Thursday night. Uh, so that sort of shot my week. So I I don't know where they're at on it. I think it was minus. Well, hold on. I got it right here. That's it was. Right. I I wound up taking. Uh, the under on it because I don't think that the defenses are behind the offenses in this game as much as they are in some other ones. Mm-hmm. So as of Tuesday afternoon, the Packers were favored by six, and I think that has actually gone up to six point five yep. now at some outlets, anyways. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's that. That's a touchdown, um, and and who knows what the kicking the way things are right now, yeah. how that's going to go. Yeah. Uh, and it, uh, it it looks like weather will not be a factor. Uh, right. So that's. We got that as a plus two. That's great. Uh, we, yeah, plus six five is what I see right now. We used okay. to have every game of the season that seemed like would end up at Lambeau, right? <laughs> December 29th, Lambeau. Every year it was horrible. But uh, it's good. It's good. So, yeah, no, and I, I really quick, I just something occurred to me earlier when you were talking about Aaron Jones and kind of his underrated. He was underrated last week. You didn't hear about him at all, and he he actually had a great, great season in the general meeting. I think from the Lions' perspective, keeping Danny Shelton vertically moving instead of horizontally moving is going to be the key, and I think that's, I think that's one of the biggest keys for the Lions on defense this time because Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to match up against, against our corners the way he does. That's always part of the story, and it's just something we're going to have to see how they show up. But if we can hold Aaron Jones... Uh, into small runs, little little bits of little chunks of field, and force them to throw the ball. I think I, I'd rather bet on Jeffrey Okuda, Jeff Okuda, right now, um, and in his first game, wanting to ball out and 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 do something because I think we have a lot of guys in this team that feel like, especially after what happened last week and the reaction they got from Detroit fans, they they want to ball out and they got something to prove, and that's that's kind of the the X factor I think Detroit has in its favor this week. Um, We'll see how that plays out and what that means in the end, but there we go. It's going to be great watching Okuda play. I can't wait to see his debut. I wonder how much he's going to mirror with uh, and, and travel the field with Devontae Adams, who had 14 catches last week, Packers record. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, is if he can do that, then you have your safeties free to handle, uh, help out yeah. on on the other side where, where there are injury problems if Trufant doesn't play. Uh, and he has been ruled out now officially. Yep. Okay. Uh, and Daryl Roberts is also out. So and, the, and Justin Coleman's on IR. So you're looking at Amani Oruwarie, a lot of him. Yep. Uh, the dude that they just picked up off the street is going to play a lot. Uh, you're going <laughs> to see Mike Mike Ford out there. You're going to see uh, the D Virgin. Hopefully not on defense, but. Aurora did not look terrible out there. Again, his growth as a cornerback, especially with no preseason. He's not a problem. No, 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 no. no. I'm really pleased. I'm I'm again where if if if, you know everything stopped today and we moved on and I had to judge the pick of Amani Arawarie for the Detroit Lions, what a value. What a value. He's he's grown into what at least what we needed him to be so far. So we'll see how his season goes, but he's he's got a lot of talent. I really love to see this kid growing up. Like I remember watching Slay. We talk about how he got benched in the in his first season, and it was fun to watch Slay grow up in in that role. Yes, Arawari yes, is a guy who's doing it a lot more quietly. 
because he's had Slay there and now Okuda's there. But I love yep. this kid. I love his heart. I love the work he puts in and I love what he's been doing so far. He's he's kind of an, an undersold player on the Lions defense. So if he can continue, I, I just we're gonna have to sign him to a lot of money and people are gonna be like, Wait, what did he do? I, I, let me go back and look again because they're gonna be a little confused. But he's a good guy. So all right, with that, we go to the final prediction for the game. Oh wait, before we do the final prediction, let me hit this one yeah. thing. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Any of your CBD needs, you got pain, you got insomnia, you got a little bit of anxiety in life, uh, CBD, you're not going to get that high. It's not weed. <laughs> it takes care of your body in an all-natural way and uh, helps you live a much more productive and fulfilling life without all the other products and, and prescriptions and all the other stuff that you could do. Legal in all 50 states, you can use it and use uh, heavy machinery. It's it's really good stuff. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. They give us a little kickback so everybody knows transparency and all that. Uh, they give us a little kickback every time you buy it. But as you guys have seen in our previous shows, I tested it. My mother-in-law, older woman, you know, she's a seasoned citizen for sure. Um, and I didn't want her to get ripped off. So I figured I'd test it on some of my aches and pains and, and absolutely was sold on it and, and take care of her with it as well. Um, there's 55% off. They have a new Delta 8 line. I haven't tried it. I haven't tried it yet. I'm just telling you they have a new line. But 55% off on that. I'm, I'm willing to hear what you guys think of it. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Check it out. CBD. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. All right. Jeff showed his elbow. I'd have shown my knee, but I don't think I'm quite that flexible to get my knee up. Uh, the well, plus it's a no-pants podcast, Tony. Tony. Do these things <laughs> 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 oh, man. Um, let's see. Let's see. Okay, final outcome prediction. Tony, I'm going to uh, go to you first. Okay. Where do you, what do you think? I mean, I... I, I always keep a, I always have a little bit of Lions Homer, but when I get to this point, I take my heart and put it aside and I have to go to my brain. You always are brains. You're all brains, man. What do you got for us here? I don't know if my family would agree with you on the all brains <laughs> thing, but I'll take that a compliment. Thank you. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think the Packers are going to put up 43, but I don't think the Lions are going to score more than 21. Last week, I said 24-21 Lions over the Bears. This week, I'm going to go 24-21 Packers over the Lions. Closer than expected game, but again, a field goal is going to decide it, which we've seen the last couple of times the Packers and Lions have gotten together. Yep. Yep. How about you, Riz? Where are you at? I am not so optimistic on this one. I think that the run of having close games sort of comes to an end here. I think the Packers are are very focused. I think that even though we do have some matchup advantages in this game, Aaron Rodgers looked phenomenal last week and and he's yeah, feeling yeah. it it's it's in Lambeau I know there won't be fans in the stands but there's still something there that you know something will happen um, and I, I I worry very much that the Lions will not or they will focus too much on Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez Scantling who had a good week last week too is going to yeah. light them up uh, the, and the injuries on the defensive side of the ball being without two starting offensive linemen is a very bad thing to have. The Packers' defensive front, I know they're going to be without Kenny Clark. They do not get enough credit from Lions fans, just as the Bears' secondary doesn't get enough credit, and I said that last week. The the Packers' front is really good. Now, their linebackers are god-awful, so if, he, if <laughs> there's going to be some room to attack there. I, I, I got the Packers winning, uh, I think I picked officially 34-22. to 22. I'll give I'll give the Lions an extra two points on it and make it thirty four twenty four. Yeah, all right. Um, 
I'm 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 gonna mealy mouth the hell out of this, guys. I'm sorry. I'm going 24-24. It isn't gonna be a tie. Somebody's gonna kick a field goal to win it. I don't know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I can't I I can't go either way, and and I can see either one just as as much as the other. I think both teams have a, a, a real reason to to want to run this. I think Matthew Stafford's gonna have to work hard this game. We're gonna have to see the the next step in Matthew Stafford's recovery. Um, this week compared to last week, I think he can do it. Um, I think there's a lot of, ang- you know, Mad Stafford is the best Stafford. That's that's what I've always said. When he gets frustrated, he comes out and he slings that ball, and I, that's what my expectations are. We're gonna we're gonna see a lot of ball movement on this on this game, and it's gonna come up with uh, a field goal to finish in the end. So I hope we have the ball. By the way, <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, check out what Matthew Stafford wrote for the Players Tribune. It's worth your time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Big time. Yep. All right. With that, we're going to call a show. We went a little longer. Thanks to Dean. You guys, we can blame Dean. He's not on the phone now. So let's just say thanks a lot, Dean. All right. (laughs) Thank you, guys. I got got to meet Dean Blandino. My day is made. (laughs) My day is made every time you're here, Tony. I'm telling you. Dean's Dean's just Dean. You're Tony. I just like being here with Jeff. I mean, Jeff is the fun, man. This is fun. I I, I love having you on, man. You've been a great addition. You're welcome at any time. Thank you. For sure. All right. Remember, the show needs your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback. And don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get in there. As little as a dollar a month in the donation page gets you access to the Slack chat. The most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet. Check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, Instagram, Detroit Lions podcast, and Twitter. Follow us at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, where Riz and now Tony are always with no pants. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still have pants. Sorry, guys. Pants. Uh, that, that's okay. You're well, not, optional, we'll not optional pants. <laughs> <laughs> it was call me Skype at Detroit Lions podcaster. Calls in the Lions line at 929-33-Lions, 929-335-4667. He's going to drop him. I'm telling you. <laughs> Be sure to go to TroyLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your ears automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no need for the hot tubs because we got no problems. We're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag. Start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. Riz, thank you. you Tony, it. thank you. Yep. We'll talk to you guys soon. Be good. And, uh, See you guys soon. Hopefully we have yep. a happy Take story care, next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't know.